You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Timeform, the trusted source of racing data and analysis, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by the Racing App, in partnership with FitzDares. Thanks for listening. My name's Charlotte Greenway and this is episode 113 of the Saturday edition on Friday the 1st of March. Well, this week's episode is going to look ahead to the 2024 Cheltenham Festival as it's only a week and a half away now. And this week on the podcast, Nick has been trying to piece a few bits of the puzzle together as to where some of the leading hopes with multiple options might be going. And interest was, of course, peaked around the champion hurdle when Constitution Hill was lacklustre at best in a racecourse gallop at Kempton this week, after which he scoped dirty. The latest statement from Seven Barrows posted this afternoon reads as follows. On what was about as foul and filthy a morning as you can imagine at Seven Barrows, Constitution Hill had a light exercise and was re-scoped afterwards as planned. This showed that the neutrophil percentage indicative of infection was back to normal parameters with no mucus evident. This is obviously positive news, but we cannot hide behind yesterday's blood test, which basically revealed that in simple, our horse is unwell. He will have a quiet weekend and we propose, as originally planned, to take a further blood test on Monday, which I believe will be the acid test. Therefore, I think we might leave it until then to keep everybody updated on the situation. Well, we'll very much be keeping our fingers crossed that the test results on Monday come back more favourable than they did yesterday. And just looking at the champion hurdle market now, Stateman is the 2-1 on favourite with Lossy Mouth shortening into threes in some places. We were expecting her to line up in the mayor's hurdles, so Nick caught up with Rich and Susanna Ritchie's racing manager, Joe Chambers, earlier this week to find out whether a switch to Tuesday's feature is on the cards for last season's Triumph Hurdle winner. Not, not at the moment. Um, it would, I think I said to you a couple of months ago it would take a couple of active gods for that to happen, and um, we haven't even quite had one, so um, we'll just keep our head down and do what we were initially thinking to do. Okay, so Mayor's Hurdle for Lossy Mouth. And what about the Gold Cup? Monkfish, Willie Mullins suggested in his recent press tour that uh, our favourite horse, the podcast's favourite horse, might actually be bound for the big one. That's um, What do you take from that? Uh, take from it that he's very happy with the well-being of the animal, which is the most encouraging thing, given given who he is. Um, you know, our inclination and Willie's immediately after the Galmite was the stairs hurdle, so... Let's see what happens. It'd be um, he's he's achieved a fair few things in his career, but um, I think jumping a fence for the first time in public after three plus years in the Gold Cup would be um, would be probably a new notch in his bow. Well, but I guess you just you just go wherever wherever you're told. Yeah, yeah, to a degree. Rich is quite keen on the stairs hurdle. He thinks it's a more open race. Um, so we're not we're we're certainly not there yet in terms of the Gold Cup, and we have not spoken about it. So I would not be. Um, I'd, I would not be laying claim that a decision has definitely been made one way or another at, the, at this point. How are your numbers looking, do you think? Um, probably we might get to 10. Um, Lossy Mouth being the flagship, Monkfish will be there, Gaelic Warriors going to run, don't ask me where. Um, and then we'll have a few novices that will you know, have sporting chances at big prices. Uh, in the novice hurdles, um, good old charge will turn up in maybe in the plate or in the um, in the arkle, and by any stock, he'll have a squeak in the county hurdle. Um, so you know, 
we're, I think Rich came out with the line last week. He says, we're sending them and we don't think any will embarrass us leaving. So let's see what happens when they get there. All right. Where would you like to run Gaelic Warrior? Uh, Fairy House. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> uh, but I've been told in no uncertain terms that he's traveling. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess it's Arkell or Turner's, is it? Yeah, I'm assuming so, yes. But I genuinely have no opinion on it. Another owner who you'd think could be tempted by the champion hurdle now following the news about Constitution Hill is Rob Court, who have Irish points in there, who's also in the stayers. And of course, Bob Ollinger, who hadn't been an intended runner at the festival, but maybe that's set to change. Here's racing manager Robbie Power with more. Uh, nothing has changed really at the moment. Um, obviously, that was disappointing about Constitution Hill yesterday for connections, but... Um, Irish Point holds an entry in the stairs and the champion hurdle. I suppose we'll, we'll have to sit down and have a talk about the champion hurdle if Constitution Hill is not going there. Um, it'd be nice to split him and Tia Poo up. So we'd, we'd definitely have a, a discussion about whether we'd send Irish Point to the champion hurdle if Constitution Hill wasn't going there. Um, but Bob Ollinger had a, was very impressive when he won the Red Keel and... The plan has always been entry for him, so he's had a little break since the Dublin Racing Festival, so he definitely won't be supplemented. He wouldn't be ready for the champion hurdle. Okay, um, as far as Irish Point is concerned, is it even if Constitution Hill did turn up, is it is it at all possible that he could go champion hurdle? I mean, it sounds like you are itching to split them. Yeah, I suppose if the ground was very soft uh, on the first day of, of Cheltenham, there, there would be a possibility of, um, of splitting the two of them up. Um, when you've got two horses as good as the two of them, you don't try you try and split them up if you can. But um, yeah, we'll have we'll have a think about it. I suppose after the piece of work that everybody saw yesterday, if there's ever a good time to take on Constitution Hill, this is probably it. So um, we'll have to see. But I, I would have full faith in Nicky Henderson that he could probably get him back as well. So um, we'll see what happens over the next uh, sort of ten days to and, and see where we're going. Squad looking good. How big do you think it'll be? Uh, I think we'll have probably seven or eight um, but yeah very happy with everything Slade Steele is, is in great form he'll probably go for either the Supreme or the Barring Bingham um, decision will be made later to the time, later to the day or closer to the time so um, but he seems in very very good form and um, obviously then Tiapu and uh, Irish Point we'll see where they go and then the two horses for the Gold Cup um, they definitely won't be split up so yeah uh, Hopefully both Jerry Colum and, and Gentleman's Game get there in good form. Jewel Stayers Hurdle champion Flooring Porter turned his hand to fences this season, which did start with a bang at Cheltenham, but things haven't quite gone right for him since then. He has entries in the National Hunt Chase and also the Stayers Hurdle, so Nick put a call into his trainer Gavin Cromwell to see if he'd made up his mind yet between the two. Uh, I can't answer it. Listen, <laughs> uh, still undecided. Um, just very hard very hard to call um, listen, he's in good form that's the main thing and we won't be making a decision on who we have to um, and I don't know which way we're swaying I really okay. don't so it's basically between the stairs hurdle and the, and the national hunt chase is that that's the that's the that's the flip of coin toss it is it is yeah. absolutely um, I know reverting back to hurdles hurdles uh, without a run um, people might think you know, can that be done? But listen, he's a, he's a very versatile horse. I think a couple of schooling sessions over hurdles and he'd be fine. Okay. Um, and then uh, presumably uh, availability of amateur, would that be a would that be a factor in deciding whether or not he went for the chase? Um, 
listen, we we have a we have a very good amateur books, so um, that's not the that's not the deciding factor. Okay, all righty. So it's just it's really a question of caliber of opposition. Which race you think he's likely to win, and see how you play the cards when you get close to it. Absolutely, it's all about which race he has the best chance. Okay, um, which horses would you be happiest with in terms of building towards their their respective targets? Uh, very happy with um, for a Porter. My mate Mozzie is another obvious one. Um, like Encanto Bruno for handicap. Um, not sure which one we're going to go for. He's in he's in all three: Carl Cup County and Martin Pipe. Um, then in the the, the Kimmyor with Purse for the Galwa, I like the way you're thinking. Or sorry, I know the way you're thinking. Um, they're both possible there. Um, but um, yeah, Mozzie sticks out. Mozzie, Mozzie really sticks out, and and you you were thinking of sliding at Arkle rather than Grand Daniel. Is that still what you're still the way you're leaning? It's another one that, that's hard to decide. Um, I suppose there's two ways of looking at it. Probably going to have a much smaller field in the Arkle um, to be ridden off the pace would be much easier to do in the Arkle. But obviously, opposition is a lot better um, to do that um, in the Grand Annual. Is you know you need you're going to need all the luck and running. Um, but listen, you know, it's probably, if things fell your way, it's a more winnable race. Lucinda Russell has a really nice team of chasers entered for the festival. So when Nick spoke to her yesterday morning, he asked how she was feeling with less than two weeks to go. Calm, which is remarkable, really. Uh, so we've just, um, it's funny, isn't it? When you're, when you're producing horses for one for one meeting, uh, you can sort of plan it a bit better. And uh, yeah, so far so good. We're we're just uh, t- t- crossing the crossing the t's and dotting the i's, and uh, yeah, just getting them ready for for next week. It strikes me, just watching from the outside, this might be complete coincidence that you're a bit more old school insofar as that you will run them through the season with an idea that their form will cycle up in the spring. But rather than the kind of modern way, which is just basically don't run them at all and get them as fit as you can at home, is that is that a sort of reasonable assessment from a, a you know standing thousand miles away? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the horse. Really, uh, we've got some horses that need racing to bring them on. I think a horse in year is definitely one of them. Uh, whereas Correct Rambler isn't. You know, he he ran uh, before Christmas and he's then going to go straight to Cheltenham. So yeah, it sort of depends on the horse really. But um, I think we're very lucky that we know the different horses and the ones that we're dealing with now we've had for a year or two so we know what makes them tick and what's what's the best way for each of them are you clear in your own mind now about where ahoy senor is going to turn up at the festival no <laughs> <laughs> so uh i think in my so as trainer i think he should go for the two four as half owner i think he should go for two four but i think the other half owner uh would prefer to go for the three miles so um, I don't know if I get extra points for being a trainer for that decision or, or, or what way we're going to go, but we'll have to look at it. I think, um, yeah, it's, it, at the moment, all, all I'm doing as a, as a trainer is getting him ready for one of the two days. Uh, there's not much difference in the work that he has. Okay, so it is, uh, it's either the Ryanair or the Gold Cup, uh, and he's in, he's in pretty good nick. You're happy with him. What did you make of that run at Ascot? I was delighted with it. Um, I think... Uh, you know, AP's right. We should have taken on the the front runner. Uh, we would have had a different uh, result, I think, if we had done. Uh, he probably he finished closer to Long Press than he did in the RSA, uh, and he actually was blocked on the turn, so he probably could have been even closer to 
to Long Press. And I, I don't think, you know, you're, you're talking about running horses close to Cheltenham. Uh, it's not totally ideal, but for him, it, it was a good thing to do. And I think that's, it's just bringing him to, to a peak for that, you know, for, for the middle of March. So um, I was I was pleased with the run. Uh, I don't think he had a horribly hard race. He came out of the race quite well. So, uh, yeah, no, he's, I'm, I'm pleased about him. And, and it's funny, you know, everyone keeps saying, oh, a horse in you. Well, no, they're not saying a horse in you. No one's talking about him. But I think uh, I think people should keep him in the in the back of their minds. Uh, he's very much in the front of mind, as is Corrick Ram. Look, as he's a Grand National winner with probably more ability than we'll ever know. Well, I don't think we'll ever know how much ability he has, will we? Ever? I think you're right. I think only Corrick knows that. But uh, he's just remarkable. And it's funny, Nick. I was looking back at some of the stuff that you and I did with Corrick after the national, and uh, just the the joy and stuff that he brings to brings to people. And and since that race, he's developed again. Uh, you know, it's it's quite remarkable. He's he is just a very remarkable horse. Um, could he win a Gold Cup? Uh, I think in the right conditions, he could do. Yeah. And what um, what do you think that what do you think those are? What's the what's the perfect setup for him? Uh, fast pace and um, for him to to still still be in touch at the second last. If he's uh, close up there at the second last, I'd, uh, he, you know he likes Cheltenham. Uh, look, it's a it's way it's going to be the classiest race he's ever run in, uh, and there is a difference between Gold Cup horses and, and Grand National horses. But um, I'm still quite positive about him. Uh, I think probably realistically an each way thing would be would be the best. Okay. Um, the 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 horses that have got multiple entries are Jivinko and, and Apple away. They're in every novice, every handicap, everything under the sun. Are you are you are you leaning now? Are you are you able to kind of crystallise your thoughts on where the best slots for them are? Uh, yes. Um, I, I mean, the best slot for Apple away would be the ultimate, but I don't know if she's going to get in. Uh, right. The best slot for Giovinco is probably going to be uh, the female novice chase, but we might change our mind to the two and a half mile. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah. So it's it's you, it, but Giovinco won't be in a handicap. He'll be in a he'll be in a weight for age race of either the Turner or the Brown. The only thing is, if he if Applewood didn't get in the ultimate, I'd probably take take uh, Gio Vinco to the, to the ultimate. Ah, okay. So it's all contingent on whether she gets in. And if she and if she then doesn't get in, does she then go to the National Hunt Chase? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good so idea. I, I think I'm getting it now. I think I'm getting it. I sort of see which way the jigsaw is going. So it really is all, all dependent on whether she gets in. I mean, Jovinko looks a horse with serious talent at, at various points. Uh, yeah. is, is he a horse that you're still very hopeful can run a big race wherever you go? Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. Will, will is Cheltenham going to be his best track, or is Entry going to be his best track? I'm not sure, but um, I certainly am very pleased with how he looks. One of the most exciting novice hurdlers on this side of the Irish Sea is Gidley Park, who's four from four under rules. A huge stamp of a horse. He looks a real chaser in the making. And here's Harry Fry with an update on how he's been training in the lead up. Yeah, he's in good form, thank you. Um, uh, he worked nicely yesterday, and uh, yeah, Johnny's coming in to, to put him through his final schooling session in the morning, so I hope that all goes well. Um, what have you had to do with him since his last victory? Is w- w- Were there any areas you think needed sharpening up? Um, yeah, I think there's still 
regarding his jumping um we've just yeah he, he schooled last week and and we were really pleased with him then and and just keeping his eye in really it's 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 nothing beats match practice but um yeah the last day at Cheltenham there were a couple of mistakes crept in and but when the when the pace quickened he was good so uh yeah it's really just been keeping a case a case of keeping his eye in uh, we're playing which race at the moment? I think everyone sort of assumed you'd go up, up to to the three mile race for which is a shorter price. Is it is that a dangerous assumption or a fair one? Um, yeah, <laughs> I keep convinced. One day I convinced myself that the Bar and Bingham's the race. The next day I taught myself into the Abbott Bartlett. So um, yeah, I just that we're. Yeah, I know it's frustrating. People want to know. I, I, the owners rang me the other day and said, "Which way are we going? Which day are we going to go?" But um, uh, we just obviously see what the conditions are. I think they'll, that'll play a big part, um, and and then we go from there. I mean, it, of course, he won on the new course, and and the Barring Bingham is on the old. If the Barring Bingham was on the new course, it would be an absolute no-brainer. That would be the race we go for. I think the new course suits him well. Um, so, yeah, uh, still weighing it up. Kim Bailey has a couple of horses with a couple of entries in Chianti Classico and Trelawne. So this morning, Nick queried whether any decisions had been made yet as to where they'll go. And here's what Kim had to say. I think most probably, um, obviously, I haven't discussed it with um, both owners, but I mean, they're both very keen to run the ultimate. And, um, you know, that's nuts. That's as much as I don't like having two runs in the same race. We've done it before, um, and it's his Cheltenham. So they have both have every right to be going for that particular race. So you know, I think that's where they head up going. Uh, and it, notwithstanding the the owner's preferences, is that the race that you think best suits both horses? I think probably yes is the answer to that um, you know they're, they're both they're both on the right end of the handicap if you want to put it that way um, the alternative race is the, is the Kim Muir um, and it's a, it's a difficult one to call when you know Keanu Classico is nearly favourite for the Arsenal the other one is not a, is not an easy ride so um, you know it's, it's, it's a difficult decision all around but uh, no I think it's the right race for both of them to run in it's, in much as a, it's not ideal for me but I mean for the owner's point of view it, it is you know the horses are running the right race which is the most important thing you know both owners are very keen to go for the ultimate and therefore it, that's what they want to go and do it's very difficult to turn them around and say we go somewhere else and uh, um it's the right race for them um and uh, you, you know they had they had multiple entries but we weren't to know where we were when we made those entries so uh, you know all these all these early closing races make it quite difficult you'd rather scatter the book around to okay work out where you want to go i'm going to pull you out of the rabbit hole who's david bass going to ride he will make his decision near the time who should he ride i think he'll end up riding candy classico okay and, and he does look a really kind of pretty straightforward customer doesn't he what you see is what you get yeah, and I mean, he's he's been to Cheltenham once before. He went last year, and it didn't suit him one iota. But he came back, and he was very distressed afterwards. And he showed to us that he needed a wind operation, which he's done. Um, and then this year, he's been a completely different horse. He's a he's a very professional jumper, um, and I don't see why he shouldn't he shouldn't suit Cheltenham. And what about Trelawne, who clearly is quirky to say the very least? Um, but at Cheltenham, funnily enough, he kind of looked okay. Yeah, no, he ran a good race at Cheltenham. I mean, if he jumped the last, he would have gone very close to winning it. I mean, he made a howler at the last. Um, and I've been itching to run him over three miles. It's been very difficult, bizarrely, to find the suitable races for him because uh, every time we had a potential three-mile race for him, the ground was good or good to firm. Um, and he's a horse that definitely wants soft ground. We ran him on good to soft ground at uh, 
uh, Carlisle first time out, um, and it was quick enough for him. He came back and had problems with his shins afterwards. So, you know, ground is a big preference for him. Um, so the rain at this moment in time is actually ideal. So, uh, but he is, you say, he's quirky. He's got loads of ability. Um, he ran off the course at Weatherby, which is very frustrating. He did exactly the same um, at Exeter when he on his second run over, over hurdles. He was very good last time at Exeter on a track that, uh, also on a course that on a day that didn't really suit him because they went so slowly and turned into a sprint. Um, but it was still a good run. Um, you know, three miles will definitely suit him. Um, and he's been around the course, so he's got a little bit of experience there. And have you got a rider lined up for him? I have. Well, I mean, Kieran Gethings is my second is second rider, so there's every possibility he might ride him. He has ridden him before. Um, again, it's a conversation I have to have with the owners when they come back from holiday. Theatre Man was second behind Ginny's Destiny last time and Ginny's Destiny is well fancied for the Turners for Paul Nichols. And so Nick put it to trainer Richard Bandy that surely a mark of 137 is generous for his horse Theatre Man who holds entries in the ultimate and the plate. Yeah, look, he's, um, he's done nothing run all season. We've come up against some well handicapped horse in his first run to the John Joe O'Neill horse um, in Chelsea. Um and run a blinder there at the trial stage. So uh, I'd like to think we've still got some improvement there. Um, the ground will be dependent on whether we go for the three mile or two and a half. Right. What's your what would if say the ground was de- you know decent ground? Which which do you think would be his 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 optimum distance? I think if we if we had good ground or or, or good ground, then we'd go for the ultima just to help him get the triple three. And if we were on the softer side, a good to soft, soft, but then we go for the two and a half, which I think is probably his, opt- opt- um, his optimum trip. Okay, so the plate, and he's a, just a marginally shorter price for the plate than the ultimate, but not much in it. No, exactly. Um, I've always thought he's a, a really strong travelling two and a half mile horse, um, but it, and he stayed on really well up the hill at the trials day, but whether that means he, he'll get the three, I'm sure he will get the three, but it's just on how the race is run, really. Now, David Christie looks like he'll be triply represented in the Hunter Chase on the Friday, which will include Ferns Locke, who has a big reputation after putting in some pretty wow performances last season. The son of Telescope skipped Cheltenham last year when he was only six, so Nick asked David whether this year he was primed and ready to go. Well, we're, we're getting there, Nick, I would say. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say he's just a finished article, but he's much improved on what he was last year. And um, he is a he is a bit of a beast. This horse, isn't he? Yeah, he's a strong horse. Now he's a big, big horse, but very powerful horse. Um, but a very nice mover, and and uh, it's a misconception. I suppose with the way the weather has been in Ireland and everyone else is always racing. Very soft ground, um, but there's a misconception that he needs that. But in actual fact, he moves well enough to to. I think he would improve for a bit of an nicer ground, you know. And I, I just wondered how you felt that he would handle a track like Cheltenham. But I guess you've in part answered that by saying that you know he's a very good moving horse. He's not really done any of his racing, meaningful racing, going going left-handed. Is that an issue at all for you? No, that would be no issue at all. That's not. That's not really by design, it's just the way it's happened. Um, you know, tracks like Ferry House down the road, those big galloping tracks, uh, they tend to be that way. He has um, quite a lot of uh, pace as well, so I suppose uh, the reason why we would go to somewhere like Thurles is um, ideal for him as well. Uh, the uh, If it was to 
sort of crab about my wee bit. You know, as a an out and out three mile three, I think it's a very specialised race, Nick, as you would know. Mm. Uh, and very often horses win that race that come out of the dark. <laughs> um, and but he's a you know he could win over two and a half. And uh, so I suppose going up the hill the last two ferns uh, it's the uh, most concern for us but as regards the horse and his well-being and everything else uh, we're very happy with him you know um, you've got two others engaged in the race at the moment um, one of them is Vosselet who's been a, a terrific servant for a, a while now and the other is Ramelis who you know looked like he was he was going to beat everything last time and then was virtually walking over the line are you intending to run either of them or both yeah, both of them are going to run. All three are going to run at this stage. Um, I may as well throw three darts as one dart, you know. Vosley, uh, it's been, it hasn't been Vosley's year. He had a very hot summer with the weather. He's a real spring type of horse. He loves the sun, he loves the long days. He loves the good ground if you look through his form. All his form, good forms and good ground, or reasonable ground. Um, and he's starting to really come to himself and I'll just go straight to Cheltenham with him. Um, and he's showing all the signs of being back to Vosley, really, there in the last, I suppose, five weeks, four or five weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh well, we, we sort of dipped our toe in the water at Nace to see uh, where we could push buttons, you know, as regards to other two. Uh, but that's on the line and, and uh, below it. And um, when you look at the speed frags and the speed timer uh, on the bottom of the screen, you can just see that uh, Derek realised that the, the whole thing was just going a bit too quick before they entered the straight at Nathan. It's a long straight. And our horse, he just picked up a couple of miles an hour there. And on bottomless ground, that was just enough to to make a difference, you know. Uh, but in truth, Nick, um, when Billowy came past, Mikey had a quick look over his shoulder, and uh, and when nothing was coming, it was that kind of ground that horses just stopped. It wasn't he just stopped, you know, uh, and she walked him home. But he came out of the race very well. Okay, so the three go, and I presume Barry O'Neill will ride Fern's Lock, and who's going to ride Ramillies and Vosley? Well, I would say at this stage, it's uh, Rob James, 4-1, and uh, Maxine. For our Maxine rides right here two mornings a week, Maxine O'Sullivan. Hence the, the riding she does in some of the races for me. And Rob has always ridden for me. So that would be the three pilots anyway. Um, but obviously, uh, the thoughts you'd be you'd be probably changing tag. It'd be nice to go over with us without the pressure of being nearly favourite. Well, there we are, a few clues for you ahead of the Cheltenham Festival and we'll continue our build-up on the podcast next week. Nick will be back with you on Monday morning. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you by Timeform, the trusted source of racing data and analysis, by the Racehorse Owners Association and by the racing app in partnership with Fitstairs. <laughs>